Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning and happy Tuesday to you. This is Dana Olivo with Charged Up Studio and Marketatomy LLC. We welcome all of our listeners and we have an exciting show for you today. But before we get started, let's talk about what's happening in the in the world today. So for all of you conspiratorial theorists out there, the World Health Organization, WHO, has reported that The COVID-19 virus originated in a Chinese biosafety laboratory. They believe that the virus most likely entered the human population through an intermediate animal, namely bats, according to WHO. Interesting that those little creatures can infect an entire world. In other news, the Miramar government is working hard to not destroy any progress made since the coup last Monday. They're imposing curfews and encouraging citizens to work towards a common goal, democracy. It comforts me knowing that even with everything going on here in the U.S. post-election, I can still feel safe among my fellow Americans. Donald Trump's second impeachment trial starts up today. My question here is, why? He's no longer in office. Maybe I'm just naive. So Pfizer has streamlined its production systems around the coronavirus and are now able to double its output of the vaccine. While the company did not give any production figures to support the estimate, spokeswoman Amy Rose said Pfizer expects production time to be cut nearly in half from 110 days to an average of 60 days for one batch of COVID-19 vaccine. One batch is equal to between 1 million and 3 million doses. Producing the genetic material that forms the basis of the vaccine initially took 16 days, but will soon just take 9 to 10 days. The U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention is looking at all its options as it considers whether passengers should be required to provide a negative COVID-19 test before domestic flights. My question here is, or should I say questions, would be who would oversee the legitimacy of these tests with millions of Americans or individuals traveling? And will we need to have a test done at our own expense, by the way, every time we need to travel? Well, that's the news for this week. Let's continue with our guest speaker, Ms. Anna Achevera, as we attempt to translate the changes in the U.S. tax law for 2021. Good morning, everybody. Happy Charged Up Tuesday. This is Dana Oliva with Marketatomy LLC, 
And this week we are going to be talking about taxes. Ooh. With that being said, I want to first introduce you to our guest this morning. Her name is Anna Echeverry, and she's the owner of Anna Echeverry and Associates, an accounting and payroll firm focused primarily on small businesses and taxes for individuals and companies, including partnerships and nonprofit organizations. When it comes to Big Brother and taxes, Anna is one of the best at weeding through the mess that is the Internal Revenue Service. Welcome, Anna. I'm glad you're here. Oh, thank you so much, Dana, for this invitation. Thank you for this, uh, uh, this profile that you said about me. Thank you so much. <laughs> I feel so honored. <laughs> oh, no, no. Honestly, uh, when it comes to taxes, I want nothing to do with it. You know, my husband, my husband just hands me the forms and says, okay, sign here, sign here, sign here. I I don't understand any of that. You know, um, just doing my bookkeeping is a challenge for me. So, okay. Okay. No, I know, but you need to understand taxes. Yes. Yes. No. And I do understand, you know, um, I know, and I I understand enough to be dangerous. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) Okay. So Anna, we're going to talk. Uh, um, we're going to talk a little bit on the personal side of income tax. What we can, what what has transpired over 2020 with COVID and the pandemic and everything. And then I also want to talk a little bit more about what we can look forward to moving into 2021, especially now that we are getting ready to at the end of end of February, our business taxes are due, right? Yes. And the no. end of yeah. and then April. 15th, our personal taxes are due. So as business owners, and with that being said, um, there's been an uh, 83% increase in new business license issued since March of last year. So then after we talk about the personal side of things, let's move into the business side of things. And I think this is where a lot of our listeners are, are probably going to get the most out of um, especially with all the new business licenses that have been issued. Okay, sounds fantastic. Okay. Yep. So Anna, do me a favor and just tell me um, a little bit about when you're dealing with personal income tax um, for individuals and things like that. What type of issues is it, are there that they specifically struggle with? Okay, I think the one of the uh, issues is with the personal taxes is with people that has a Schedule C. It's people that has your own income, your own company run, your own business, but it's a very little, small company. It's like him or her and that's it. Right. So they are very difficult to get all the the revenue and the expenses in order to record all these and report to the IRS. So this is one of the most issues that we have today because IRS is very red flag. They have red flag on these people, the charge expenses or... um, just blow the income in order to to 
done to pay taxes. Exactly. So, you know, and, and talking about small businesses and, you know, the, the integration of what we would call a side hustle, you know, you're doing business on the side and, you know, you're incorporating that into your personal taxes. How often do you see them crossing um, financials as far as personal and business? You know, it's a uh, yes, it's so yes. frequent. Yes, it's one of the things that I remark when I register company and educate people about the responsibilities of an LLC or Inc. or S Corp. And uh, one of the most important things that IRS looks is each of these is an entity, is right. separately entity. So those operations has to be with their own bank accounts. Mm -hmm. So pe people, uh, a lot of small business make expenses from the personal account that is related to the company and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So at the end, they don't um, have uh, personal accounts and company accounts, and this is a bad, a bad manner to conduct the business. Right. So just in case of a sue, um, in the court, they, they, they can say that you, you don't have separate accounts and go to the, to the personal assets in order to pay for the something that was yeah. wrong in the company. So let's just say that you've got a, um, a stay-at-home mom and she's selling Avon on the side. Okay. okay. Isn't yeah. that a good example? Okay. It's just no. to bring extra money into the, into the household, but that's a business. Yes. That's a business. And so they have to keep the expenses and the income separate from their personal accounts. And I think this is where it gets very confusing for a lot of these small businesses, these micro businesses. Yes, you're right. But you have to be present that people that make sales like Avon or something like that as a hobby. Right. They can have it in the personal account. Right. Because it, they are looking just a little money or just to, um, to like an entertainment or something okay. like that. Okay. But it, once you show that you are making money, I see that like a small business. Okay. So it is necessary, it's a good practice to have a separate bank account in order to have all the expenses and all the revenues and do it in the right way. Is Reporting there, in Schedule C. Right. Is there a limit? or a benchmark that IRS looks at when you're in this type of business that they immediately start thinking, okay, this is a business and not a hobby. Yes, is uh, if you has, for example, th three years, three consecutive years, producing profit on this is like a business. Okay, okay. It's like a business. Okay. And it's the same risk for a small business, sole proprietorships, that is that, 
that use that in order to claim a lot of expenses. Right. So they can show losses that goes against the income of his or her husband or wife. Right. So I already see this like, hmm, you are trying to pay less taxes. So nobody is going to have a business that is a loss, 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 year by year by year. So right. this is red, a very red flag. And isn't there a, uh, a limit on the number of losses in a row that you can have? I always talk about five years. I, I thought but it was But I think three, five years yeah. is a yeah. lot. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a lot. Yes. So, yes. yes, no doubt. For me, personally, for me, if at the third year, I don't have gain, so the business is no work for me. That's right. It. Exactly. Exactly. Um, now, let's talk a little bit about the PPP um, bailouts, whatever you want to call it. Okay. PPP loan. PPP yeah, loan. Yeah, the PPP loans. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about that, especially for those companies who have taken advantage of the PPPs and they want to get forgiveness on them. Okay. okay. Let's talk a little bit about that. And then also the second round. Can yes. the same companies that got the first round, can they go for a second round? Yes, it's correct. Okay. okay. The PPP loan, as its name say, is used for business. It was created in order to maintain the payroll. Right. So the first things that you have to show is that you have payroll and you have uh, the business is lowing because of the COVID. So you need money in order to pay the payroll. Uh, so the, it was at the first round that you can apply and you have to say basically how many employees you have and what is the monthly uh, cost of the payroll and multiply this for uh, two times 0.5. For self-employees, you can show that you pay yourself. So that is the importance you have separate accounts, exactly. even if I'm the only one. Right. Because I can show that the business, my business is paying myself. So because the business is low, I need money for my myself. So this is the way that I can apply. Right, right. So the first, okay, this loan, you can use it or you must use it for payroll expenses. But even if, uh, say, some employees uh, quick or whatever, and you didn't use all of them in payroll, you can use it for rent or utilities, and but all only uh, 40%. Only 40%. 60%, 40, 60%. The 60% was in uh, payroll. Yeah. Okay. The second round is for those business that already expense all the loan in the first round. Right. And they have less revenue 
for about for 20 25% or more less than the quarter for right. the prior year right so they are a little confu confusion because it is solved by quarter by quarter yeah so what happened if, if you in the first quarter have a no a loss of 25%, but in the second yes, and the third yes, and the fourth you was better. So it's a combined. Yeah. So it's a little confused, but I think all these people can apply. Okay. But what can they lose? Nothing. Yeah. They, maybe the bank say no, and that's it. Okay. okay. And this is what they have to prove in order to get forgiveness on the okay. back end. Yes. So for forgiveness is another history because the loan you have to pay. So until the bank say you you the the loan is forgiveness, you have a loan. Right. But to apply for forgiveness, there are business that already apply, but there are banks that they are not receiving because the government is still looking Behind. for. Yeah to do it in an easy way. So with that being said, you said that you, this is a loan, so you have to, you know, you have to pay. Those payments on that loan, do they start immediately? No, okay. no, they don't start immediately. Uh, they are definitely delayed by about, I, 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 I'm I, not sure about that, but more than one year, I think. I think it's like and three years, isn't it? Yes, I think, yes. So they don't have to start paying for three years? No, okay. no, no, they don't have. But I think if you have the enough records that prove the bank accounts, proving that you use the, how do you use the money, you are going to get the forgiveness. And this forgiveness is non-taxable. Yes. When they, when they, is a grant, no, no more a lot, but a grant, is not taxable. Okay, so if they get forgiveness on a $150,000 loan, okay, if they get that forgiveness, that's revenue, but this non-taxable revenue. Exactly. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, very good, very good. Yes. Okay, and these same companies can apply for the second round of PPP, right? Yes, they can apply, but they can show the 25% difference. Now explain that. What do you mean? Okay. I got I got the, the first one. I got the loan. Yeah. And I spent all the money. Yeah. So now I want to apply for a second round. Mm -hmm. But the second round is more thinking in business that they already needed because like restaurants or uh, hotels or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. A small business that they are suffering, really suffering for that. So they have to prove that the revenue that receive quarter by quarter is 25% less than they receive from 2019. Okay, okay, okay. All right, I understand. So that. they yeah. have to prove that, that okay. in order to get it. All right. Now, what happened with business that start late in 2020? Can I apply 
Yes, for the first round. For the first round. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. They can apply. Yeah. All right. All right. Because so the idea is to have the people employed. Yes, exactly. So they move the economy. So there is a process that they have yeah. to go through. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. You know, um, when we talk about the stimulus checks that we're getting personally, you know, and things like that. Um, yes. You know, that, that gets kind of um, questionable because where do they think that those stimulus checks are going to help these people who are out of work and, you know, no income coming in, you know, and things like that. The stimulus checks that are coming out, it's really not going to do anything in all honesty, but, um, yeah. but you know, it's, it's the government's way of, you know, saying, Hey, look, we're here for you. You know, we're, yeah. we're, we understand what you're going through, you know, that type deal. And there's a yes. lot of people out there that I understand are, are, are really having a hard time with this. I know. Yes. Yes, exactly. So. Yes. A lot of people, a lot of people didn't receive the stimulus check. Uh, because the, the first uh, requirement was the people has a social security with the value work. They have to have a social security so, number. Yes. So if, for example, a, a resident uh, a resident with social security is merely feeling joint taxes with, um, with a person that hasn't uh, have the social security but have a IT number, neither receive the stimulus check because the I can. But with the new bill this year, if the people is filing jointly and one has social security and other has IT IT number, IT number, ICN number, yeah. Is going to receive, is is entitled to receive the stimulus check. Okay. Now, right now, what is the the way to claim this is through the taxes. Right. You claim that as a rebate credit is the name. So you have to say in your taxes, in your personal taxes, if you receive the stimulus check, the $1,200 the first year, past year, mm-hmm. And if you receive the 600 this year early. And uh, if you didn't receive, so they are a refundable credit. Right. Uh, in your taxes. So okay. this is the way to do it. All right. So let's, um, let's move on a little bit here. And, and, and now we're going to cross over between business and, and, and personal a little bit. As okay. I indicated earlier, you know, there's been such a huge increase in new business licenses that have been issued since March of last year. And a a great deal of that has happened primarily because of the fact that, you know, they, they lost their jobs, they needed to go out and they needed to make money. So they took their talents and they started their own business, you know, that type deal. But then we start getting into the question of how it's funded. Okay. Some of them, might be um, small, you know, mom and pop, you know, you know, mommy, mommy businesses out of the house, you know, that type deal to bring in some extra money, you know, that type deal. But then there are those businesses that 
um, are legitimate and not saying that the mommy businesses aren't, you know, but they dip into their 401ks or the equity in their homes to fund this new business. All right. Okay. What are the tax ramifications? Because I know that they've they've kind of eased up on them as far as borrowing from your 401k, whether it's for a business or for paying bills. Tell me what the tax ramifications are right now on pulling money out of your um, retirement, retirement account. account. Yes. Okay. I think, thanks to God, there are a lot of advantage for this COVID to take money out mm-hmm. because you need it. You're right. So before that, if you take money uh, before fifty uh, nine, before 59, you turn fifty nine years, yeah. yes, you have a penalty for ten percent. Okay, but now you don't have that penalty uh, because the situation of COVID. Okay, so you can take money out and. You have is a loan against your retirement account, and you have three years okay. to pay them. Okay, so they're not really taking the money out; they're taking a loan out against the money. Okay, and even if you take the money out, uh-huh. you don't have the penalty. Okay, okay. Uh, but suppose I you take your money out, okay, and you use it to establish the business and you start a new business and your business is going on well and you put the money back in three years, it's considered like a rollover and nothing happened. Okay. You don't have to repay, you don't have to pay taxes, you don't have to pay nothing about that. But if you take a loan, you have to pay in three years, it's delayed uh, reported as income is delayed in three years. So you don't have to pay taxes on that. And uh, you have time to repay. So there are a lot of opportunities with if this. If you take a loan out against the 401k, okay, and is there interest that's charged on the loan or is it just straight payments? Interest? I don't know. I don't know about the interest. If you take a loan, if you have to pay interest, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not really familiar with uh, loans against your, your 401 yes. because they have equity there as far as for the loan, if need be, you know. Yeah. Um, but I'm just curious if if that loan that is taken out, do you have three years to pay it back? And then there's no uh, penalty, there's no interest because it's a loan, or I don't know. I don't know that I don't know about the interest. I don't know about the interest. But if you take okay, if you take money from your retirement account and not as a loan, the income, the company has to report that as income for you, and you pay taxes on that. So this is not going. To, char- to put all the income in one year, just put it in three years. Oh, that's and you don't pay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I know. 
and you and you don't pay taxes on that. You don't. Pay and taxes if you repay that, nothing happened. Okay. Nothing happened. Okay. With the loan, I don't know the company, the retirement account, how interest charge on the loan. Right. Against, I, I don't know how it part works well, um, but also you have a deferred payment. Yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah. you have a deferred payment of three years as well. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, I can't, you know, I, I don't know enough about it. You know, um, I, I, if we don't pay taxes on that loan, if we don't, I mean, if we don't pay interest on that loan, what's the difference between the loan and just taking the money out if we pay it back in three years? Hmm. So, you know, that's the difference that I see, yes. you know? Yes. Um, so those are, those are, those are questions that, you know, I can see people asking, you know, yes, as far I as know. That's but you have to take a present that if you take a loan, your equity is over there. Yeah. If you take your money out, so your equity is lower and you are going to have less money for exactly. the retirement. Exactly. Yeah. But if you take a loan, the equity is not reduced. Yes. Exactly. It's a loan against. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So the last 15 minutes we have of this program, we're going to get into something that is going to be rather confusing moving forward. Um, yeah. And it still has to do with these these small business licenses that have been um, uh, taken out since March. A lot of these business owners, what I've noticed, especially in the uh, virtual environment, is a lot more of your e-commerce kicking in, okay? A lot more Etsy stores, a lot more, um, you know, e-commerce stores and things like that. Um, you know, as far as that is their business, it's strictly online. Yes. Now, when we start talking about these e-commerce stores, and these new businesses that are running e-commerce, what are the red flags that we need to be worried about or that they need to be worried about in running an e-commerce business? Okay, it's a good question because as you say, a lot of, a lot of people is doing e-commerce right now. Right. And they think that because it's online, they don't have to pay any type of taxes but that I see right now is that people need to be aware that about sales taxes beside to have the separate bank account and um, run its business uh, in a with accounting with everything in rural with licenses and everything you need they to, need set it to up be just like a business, just yes, like their business. So, like a business, like a business, need to think about the sales tax on online sales. I don't know if you have received any client or something or somebody that say, "Hey, I I bought something online uh, to resell from one of my clients." For example, a printing company, they put the page on the web 
and somebody bought business card. So he in charge the business card in other state because it's cheaper. So he make money. And the company where he is going to see to print the business card charge sales tax and say, why? Because first I'm going to resale to another customer. So, okay, so you need to create your account with Department of Revenue in order to get the, your resale certificate. Exempt, yes. And send the resale certificate. But what happened? Happened that the business online, that the Secretary of the State is looking for nexus between states. And that's so, nexus, N-E-X-U-S. N-E-X-U-S. Yes, okay. Nexus. So if Florida, for example, has Nexus with Georgia, South Carolina, and uh, North Carolina, and Texas, because the volume of online transactions, so it's like you are on your house and you have to charge sales tax. Right. But if you say something in Alaska, maybe you don't have to charge sales tax. So the question is, I'm going to use a third party to do my product to sell to another customer. Mm -hmm. So the company, the printing company say, okay, if I send the package to your address, because the Nexus, I have to charge sales tax. Right. But if I send the package directly to the client that lives in New York because we don't have Nexus, I don't have to charge sales tax. Okay, so, so basically the manufacturer would be drop shipping straight to the customer. In order to sell sales tax, yeah. save okay. for sales tax. So my best advice for people that is a starting business online is please, Ask Department of Revenue, just a call. I'm going to sell in this way through the website what I have to do. I'm very sure that they need to register for sales tax. And even if they don't have any sales with sales tax, they have to report quarterly. Yeah. Maybe zero, zero, whatever. Even yes. if it's zero, yes, exactly. Yes. But they are sure where to charge sales tax and where not, and right. keep the records so they are in compliance. Another thing is people that is selling through the, for example, Amazon platform. Mm -hmm. So they need to call the technical support of Amazon in order to help them to set up the sales tax. And Amazon is in charge to where to charge or where not to charge. And they give the report and the people have the report directly right. from Amazon and right. pay the sales right. tax. Yes. But it's responsibility from the owner to call Amazon technical support and to call Department of Revenue. Yeah, and if they call the Department of Revenue, can they get a list of the nexus? I think, <laughs> I <Huh>? guess. 
I would hope so. I hope. Yeah, I hope. otherwise but you even, have to call every state and find out if there's a nexus with your state. No, maybe, uh, you, know, you know what? In, in Google, if you put uh, Florida nexus sales tax and you can see, okay. I have an idea. Florida yeah. nexus sales tax. You yeah. know, this brings me to a personal question here. Um, okay. And maybe you can give me your professional uh, advice. Okay. Okay. <laughs> if it's not, uh, I, I, got, I, I, I ask got, for help. Yeah. No, I have um, my marketatomy.academy, which okay. basically is an online learning management system that I offer courses that I have developed through this platform. So it's an online sales Okay, they go in, they pay the money to take the course. Is that a taxable? It's so difficult because taxable is for products, not for services. And but see, wouldn't okay, would this be a service or would it be a product? I'm uh, thinking that's the product. question. Yeah, I'm thinking it's a product that I'm selling. Okay. I think, I think because it's a nap. It's an app. It's, it's an app, and you get a product like an app. Yeah. It's just like it's a virtual, but it's a product. Well, that's something we're going to have to do some checking on before I go and launch <laughs> this thing because you know I hadn't even thought about that because I've always been in the service-based yes. business and had did not have to work worry yeah. about taxes. But I'm thinking you know, that now I may have to. You know what, Dana? Sorry, I interrupt you. Sales tax is one of the Tricky, tricky taxes. Tricky. Because yeah. the same the same industry is different. Yeah. The same industry. I have companies, cleaning companies, and they they say, no, I I have my neighborhood that never pays sales tax because uh he clean whatever. And okay. service-based, yeah. Yes. If you clean commercial, you have to charge to charge. But if you do washer pressure on commercial, you don't have to charge. Huh, that's really strange. That's, yeah. that's yeah. Well, <laughs> I tell you what, Anna, the, you know, taxes, when it comes to anything to do with the Internal Revenue Service, it's always confused me tremendously. And I, know. Know, I don't know. It's a challenge. You know, I, I, I hold you in high regard if you can, if you can, you know, maneuver the internal <laughs> revenue service, you know, for your, yes, com your customers. Yes. Because it's a I'm, challenge. It's a challenge. It is. Each person, each individual, each company is a challenge. It's yeah, a challenge you know, that you have need, to study. We need people like you out there helping the small business owners you know, to make sure that they stay on track as far as that's concerned and not get caught behind the eight ball and owing tens of thousands of dollars, you know, yeah. as far as yes. that's concerned. Yeah. Well, Anna, I really appreciate having you on our, our podcast segment today. Um, for those listeners who would like to ask more questions or have, you know, want to find out more information, how can they reach out to you? Okay, I'm here in Orlando. My phone number is 407-601-3157. Um, I'm glad to ask any question. I'm glad to help a small business, uh, people that is starting and doesn't understand things. So I don't charge for a call. 
I don't charge for that. Um, I'm just glad to help. Yeah. Can you give them your email address? Oh, yes. It's a little confused. Just spell and, it out. Okay. They, <laughs> they can go to my web page and okay. they have all the information is um, www.annaecheverryassociates. And my email address is Anna, A-N-A, -A, at Anna Echeverry, E-C-H-E-V-E-R-R-I, associates.com. Very good. Very good. Well, I appreciate it, Anna. And this, uh, this concludes our segment of this podcast. This is Dana Olivo with Marketademy LLC. Um, next week, we will be talking about uh, a lot of new um, HR regulations and, and things like that that have changed over the last 12 months that all businesses should be familiar with, especially if you have any virtual employees that you are working with. Mm -hmm. uh, we look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you, Anna. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you. And you can always reach us at info at chargedupstudio.com. You can follow us on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, and contribute to our platform on Patreon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.